You're listening to Codecast Zambia, brought to you by Agora Code. We are growing the community of developers across Zambia, one line of code at a time. Visit agoracode.community for more information or like us on Facebook at CodeAgora. We're on Twitter too, at CodeAgora. I'm Daniel Piri, community lead and developer advocate, and you're listening to Codecast Zambia. Hey guys, welcome to episode 8 of Codecast. It's going to be another really awesome podcast. Excited to have the team reunited again, though we're missing Cynthia and Wizzy today. Yeah, uh, Cynthia isn't doing well, and Wesley uh, has some prior arrangements. But in his stead, we have Muyu. Yeah, full stack developer. Oh, really? Yes. Full stack developer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so Muyu just gave away our topic for today. Um, we are discussing. Well, it's full stack engineering when you think about it, but we're gonna dumb it down a little bit. Yeah. We're talking about knowing everything and being a jack of all trades when yeah. it comes to being a software developer, software engineer. I think this kind of applies in almost every single entity, every single job role. It's yeah. not just, you know... You kind of fall into one or the other. One or the other. Yeah. So, yeah. But... but yeah, before we get into that... Yeah, we've got some big Hey, Lars has got a lot to get off his chest. Like, look, don't, don't say it like that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you've been talking to me about this the entire day. You're not going to flip on me now. Okay, I I just really enjoy you know these value. I probably shouldn't enjoy it as much as I do, but I do, and for that I apologize. Uh, we also have a disclaimer. We're going to be talking about Facebook, so Mbuyu um, might not chime in, uh, but that's not going to stop us from going hard. Of course not. Of course not. It never does. Uh, so yeah, uh, we should get into the news. Definitely, definitely. Please take it away. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Do we have a chime? Da, 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 da. Oh, that's Star Wars. Sorry. No, no, no. Uh, okay, so in the news today, uh, the big news, of course, mm-hmm. is Facebook. They're in the news again. What but, did they do but, this time? But dude, they've been in the news the entire year of 2018. I, I don't think there's anything that can surprise me now, to be honest. <sighs> okay, so uh, let me just uh, go over what happened with Facebook. Uh, there was uh, some involvement from Apple and some from Google, but this is all around Facebook uh, going to many lengths to get user data. So basically what happened was uh, from around 2016, there was uh, an app called Project Atlas mm-hmm. uh, that was used to get data from users. It was uh, basically Facebook paying users from ages 13 to 35, $20 a month to allow their app access to the, uh, the iOS you know, uh, platform. Like it's, it's getting information and sending it to Facebook's VPNs. So basically sending the information to Facebook's server before it goes to wherever it needs to go. So that Facebook could track your you know, habits, track what you do when you're using your phone. Right. Apparently it went as far as Facebook asking users to send screenshots of their Amazon order history. No. Yeah. Like it was that crazy. Okay. So all this happens, it comes to light. I think TechCrunch are the ones that uh, broke the story. Okay. Uh, it comes to light. Uh, Facebook comes out with a quote. Uh, I don't know if I should read the, the whole quote or I should just uh, summarize what they said. They basically said uh, screen wise meter OS. Uh, wrong quote. My bad. Uh, they, they, they said, a spokesman from Facebook said, uh, key facts about this market research program are being ignored. Despite early reports, there is nothing secret about this. It was called the Facebook Research App, 
it wasn't spying on all the people who signed up. Uh, it went through a clear onboarding process asking for their permission and were paid to participate. So basically what Facebook is saying, look, we told the people what this was and it's okay. Apple comes in and they say, first of all, Facebook say, okay, but we're going to take the app down. Apple comes in, they say, okay, you see, you clearly violated our, um, our policy. Uh, the policy for their enterprise certificate, which yeah. is basically a way for developers to get around the app store, say for testing purposes. We've actually uh, taken part in some of these. I'm not going to mention the apps, but yeah. there have been apps that have been uh, on this kind of onboarding process. Yeah. So Apple says, no, you, you broke the rules, you're going to have to pay. So they revoke their, their certificate. Yeah. And what happens is Facebook use internal apps for their staff, and those apps are all tied to the same certificate. Oh. So they all stop working. Oh, okay. So what you're basically saying is um, they broke a rule, mm -hmm. and then Apple cut them off. Apple now, them. not just cut off that one app, but yeah. cut off all the apps internally. So if I work for a company, mm -hmm. we don't have, like we have, let's say we, we like to make our lunchtime efficient, so we have an app that tells you when lunch is ready. So basically, the company violates one policy and then you, you don't have access to that sort of platform. Yeah, exactly. So all, all the apps that had to do with uh, Facebook's uh, workflow uh, were not working for about two days. Uh, it was later reinstated, uh, I think, yesterday. Okay. And it's working now, but it just shows you the power that Apple wields. I, I feel like we should also be a little scared of that. But it, it, it's basically Apple saying, look, you broke the rules. So this license that you use for multiple apps, not just the app that uh, was in question, mm -hmm. we're revoking it. So it blocks all the apps. Okay. But I understand that happened to Google as well. Yes, it did. So Google later comes out and uh, they have this app called ScreenWise Meter. Okay. It's also an iOS app. Uh, it comes out uh, that it's similar to Facebook's research app, but Google come out with a quote saying the ScreenWise Meter iOS should not have operated under Apple's developer enterprise program. This was a mistake. We apologize. We have disabled this app on iOS devices. This app is completely voluntary and always has been. We've been upfront with users in the way that we use the data from the app and we have no access to encrypted data. So almost the flip side of like big companies PR, right? Facebook yeah. saying, hey, look, people knew what they were getting into and then Google coming out and saying, look, we're sorry we did this, what not. Case on point, they're both wrong. They yeah. both did the same, same thing. thing. But it's, it's, it's actually pretty interesting how the two companies approached it. Uh, so Apple does the same thing to Google and the same thing happens with Google's internal ad apps, like famously, like their, uh, is it G-Bus? Like uh, one of their internal apps that they use for like logistics and transportation. Yeah. yeah, stops working. So you can imagine being an employee at Google and this app that you use to get, like to commute back and forth, stops working. Now you have to find another way to get home. <laughs> like just, just put you in the headspace of what was going on, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, they get, I think, reinstated like, a few hours, if not like a day later, mm -hmm. and everything is speechy. And then Apple comes out with a statement basically saying, yeah, we've been working closely with Google. A, a completely different tack that they've been taking with Facebook. Because like we, we, we know that Facebook and uh, Apple have been kind of butting heads recently. Like uh, 
the 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 Apple CEO Jim Cook came out and he's like, yo, this this is ridiculous. What is happening with Facebook? Facebook need to respect people's data or not? And Zuckerberg comes out and say, yo, but you guys charge people all this money. Well, why are you out here talking shit? And then like it's it's a whole like like fisticuffs. Like yeah, like but we kind of have to give Apple kudos though. I I feel like this was fair play. Uh, regardless of whether someone apologizes or not, I feel like consequences still need to be felt, and it kind of goes back into. I mean, we had an episode on e, on uh, ecosystem lock-ins, we had an episode on use of privacy. Mm-hmm. I feel like if there's more punishment, this is why I love the EU, man. The EU doesn't play. Yeah, they 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 are not messing around. Like, it's 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 actually becoming really apparent that a lot of these companies will go to great lengths to get your data. So yeah. we need to have a kind of screen to protect from that. And I'll say I'll say this again. I say this all the time. First person that is responsible to protect the user is the user themselves. And I think we should stop calling the user. If you're out there and you're listening to this, if you have a smartphone, you have an internet connection, please read those things that you like pressing next on. You know, your, your contracts, your... As long as they may seem. Yeah, as, as long as they may seem, because at the end of the day, you have no idea what people are collecting. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to um, also the Cambridge Analytica thing. Like yeah. it's, it's all this stuff that we don't read. And we always, it's laziness basically. Yeah. So who's, who really is to blame? Who's letting these companies get away with all this stuff? It's, it's, a two, it's on two fronts. Yeah, I agree with you there. But uh, in this case specifically, I, I feel like it, it, it can't be stressed enough how bad the situation is because Facebook were paying 13 year olds $20 $20 to get their information yeah, yeah I could do with the $20 right now okay look <laughs> that's like financial issues aside like a 13 year old kid is gonna take a $20 regardless of what you tell them regardless of what you ask them to read definitely okay so it's it's, 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 it's kind of it's not a good look now I, I should also say that uh, Google's ScreenWise meter app was also doing the same thing, except uh, I think there's uh, it was 18 and above. But if you are below 18, so 13 to 18, you can be part of like a family group, basically mm-hmm. like part of a family account. Okay. I mean, look at it however you want. I I, I think yeah, like Apple putting like a stamp on this and saying you're you're not gonna do this. We're gonna revoke your thing, and basically, like it's basically like a, a power play, right? Like it's yeah. like you're like I'm showing you, yeah, boss. yeah, and then like they had to adhere to it because, like, we we all talk about how like in, in countries like ours, Zambia, the iPhone is not big, but like in other places around the world, it's huge, and that is a huge chunk of their market that they cannot afford to to lose yeah. yeah especially that uh i think the uh, projections uh, regarding um profits the last few weeks that have surfaced where we were talking about actually not doing as well as they expected yeah so their their, their revenue actually dropped that's that's another news item but like i think we knew about this because they talked about how their iphone sales are not as good as they expected that they rejected so we we know that apple is you know I, I, I don't want to say floundering because they're still like the richest company in the world, but they're not doing great by Apple's standards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that was really interesting. Yeah. Here's a question though. Yeah. Before we move on. Uh, if, so I can't ask you this because you're not on iPhone, but let me ask from an Android perspective. If Facebook, Instagram, 
what's on basically Facebook's apps if they were not on Android. Would you switch to iOS? No. 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 You just find an alternative, right? Find an alternative. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest fear that uh, Facebook has right now because this power play basically showed uh, that hey, look, if we take you off your platforms, no one is going to switch platform for your apps. Mm. Yeah. But if that happens, Google won't. See, here's the thing, right? Google is different because Google, a lot of their apps have to do with workflow. Yeah, which is like important. my life is literally tied into a lot of Google apps. Yeah. And uh, again, I'm, 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 I'm hugely dependent on a lot of yeah. Here's the funny thing. Even if that happened, and I think my life is just as tight to Google as yours is, I don't know if I'll switch. Yeah. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I'll just run through the other news items uh, really quick. Uh, Apple had a bug. Uh, I mean, Apple's in the news. Uh, pretty much as much as Facebook gets to be, but they were in the they 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 had a bug with their FaceTime, which was basically allowing people to listen in on calls before the recipient. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah. FaceTime, right? And yeah. the kid uh, found out about that, and uh, yeah. there's this whole you can claim when you find a bug and whatnot. Did yeah. they actually pay that kid? I don't know if they paid the kid, uh, but I do know that if if reports are to be believed, it is actually possible that this bug could have been around for as long as FaceTime three months. Oh. Yeah. Well, not necessarily FaceTime because it's a, a bug to do with group FaceTime, right? Oh, okay. So about three months ago in iOS 12.1, I think, they released a group FaceTime. You can talk to about like up to 32 people. I heard about that. Yeah. Well, I had an iPhone when that came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, they released it. There was actually a bug when it released that allowed uh, you to bypass the lock screen and get to someone's contacts when there's a FaceTime call without putting in a password. And now there's this bug, and this is kind of getting you thinking, like, what what is happening with this FaceTime thing? Because initially it was supposed to come out with iOS twelve, but it was delayed to iOS twelve point one. Came out with a bug, and now another bug has been discovered. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah come from Android. There are bugs all the time. <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, but like that's that's actually my point. Like, this is so an Apple. Like we get like you can throw shade on like Apple and whatnot, but like what you give them props for is their uh, quality of. Quality, you know, yeah. yeah, that's one thing. So this, 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 this is weird, right? And their sales are in the decline, but yeah. Uh, we have uh, rumors about a Sonos headphone. I don't think that's really big news. I feel like Sonos was always going to get into headphones eventually. Who's Sonos? Sonos sound systems. Clearly not important. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, we already talked about uh, Apple's uh, revenue declining. Uh, there have been new rumors that iPhone is going to come out with the USB-C uh, port this year. Yeah. We can't keep running away from this. Like, really, this should have happened years ago. Yeah, but no one thought it was going to happen until uh, the I I iPad came out with USB Type-C. And I just thought it was interesting because they've had uh, they've had uh, this lightning port for the longest time and people like suffered for it. Yeah. Like you walk into a house and you leave your keyboard at home and yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Then uh, 
Xbox Live went down, I feel like I should have just mentioned that because I experienced it firsthand. <laughs> I turned on my Xbox and it was what they were calling at the time the black screen of death. Thankfully, it wasn't a hardware issue, it was the server side issue. So they fixed it. And then, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know, I was listening to a podcast recently about. Um, a podcast? Oh, That's yeah. not podcast? Well, I listen to podcasts sometimes. Okay, nice. Just. just. <laughs> Anyway, it, it was really tied into how lately there's a there's a whole thing when it comes to systems going down and how important it is to communicate like with your customers, for example. And I think it doesn't really matter what line of business you're in. It's really important to let people know that they don't have access to a particular service. That's really interesting. Um, I think something from mine that's actually happening in the news right now is Git merge, which at first sound, <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> it, it, it kind of feels like you're back in the terminal, and you know, yeah. but it's a it's it's a Git conference basically uh, that's happening in Belgium right now. I listen, I watched a couple of uh, talks today, and I I, I I wouldn't say I enjoyed all of them. I enjoyed one that kind of I think I even tweeted about it. Um, so this guy, I don't remember what his name is, was talking about how uh, how to organize your commits. That's one thing I've always had challenges with, like organizing my commits. What am I supposed to commit and when should I do it and stuff like that. So you know, I don't know if this is a thing and I'll look into it, but you're talking about logical, thinking about it like logical units, where if you are, you are, you are, you are editing like uh, markups or something, that could be, that could be because it's a logical unit and you could commit that. But then if you're doing a functional setting to another one, you can't really commit unless you do both because they're tied into each other and stuff like that. So it's the little things that I picked up. And then something I actually haven't used yet, and that's uh, a Git caller. I don't know if you guys have used it. It's Git caller now. No, so it's like a terminal, like a fancy terminal, I guess, or something like that. Uh, that's something I want to get into uh, after after the conference is done. So there were a couple of good talks and workshops. Uh, I'll just run through some of the topics and stuff. So there's. Um, uh, Mike from Atlassian was talking about GitHub's aliases and that sort of thing. Uh, we had someone from GitHub talk about cleaning your repo. Uh, then the 10 Git problems and how to fix them. I, I think I might actually enjoy this. Uh, this is from Brianna. She works at Git as well. And my favorite of all is workflow because I have like this sticker on my wall that has like the whole GitHub workflow. Yeah. Like how the motions and stuff like that. And it helps, it helps me keep track of what yeah. I need to do and stuff like that. So. Actually, um, I actually have a notepad uh, thing. Like, I just have notes up here, so I always have them on hand. Yeah. So I think by the time this episode is released, this conference would have been done. But it's on git-merge.com. Uh, okay. We'll put the link in the description as well. Yeah. So that's that's all I had for news on my end. And that's it for news today. No more news. No more news. Boy, you can come back now. You can come back now. Come back now. Keep <laughs> <laughs> me back. <laughs> okay. Uh, so getting right into it. Um, I, I think when when we decided we we're going to do this topic, I wasn't really as excited. But then after right. like, um, it's cause it sounded too. I don't know. It wasn't really. Yeah. It wasn't really. Um, I wasn't as excited as game development for example like yeah. it wasn't something that i thought it was a straightforward thing like what are we going to talk about and yeah everyone knows what full stack is doing yeah. and then when i like started reading about stuff then i realized oh damn like people have choices like 
maybe we start from defining what all this stuff is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before we get into that, um, I must say, when I talk about having choices, right? Like when I'm making a career choice, like I thought, okay, I'm going to do computer science, right? Mm-hmm. I got into it, then we started talking about software engineering mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I left university and then I got thrown into a job and all of a sudden I'm developing systems. Mm-hmm. But then uh, three years three years down the line, I'm thinking, oh, like with the information I have now, I could have made better choices yeah. when career choice, first of all, and then when leaving uni, I would have had the right tools to get, to get me where I am now faster and stuff. So maybe we could pick up from there. Like um, maybe Elias could start to tell us about your experience, uh, what you feel, what you think uh, being a develop- developer is, what being a coder is. Uh, yeah, so like similar to yours, it's, it's this kind of this thing where you, you have this career path, right? So you go to school for it, and then after school you get into a job and you start working uh, at that job and doing what is required of the job. But for me, it was actually it was actually funny. So. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail, but like uh, at my current do- uh, job, I'm a backend developer, and I was sort of given a choice when interviewing for the job, and I jumped on backend. And I think even before I went for these, I was talking about how I really want to get into backend mm-hmm. development as a profession. Um, maybe we should define uh, these things before like, I get to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, we have uh, back-end developers, we have front-end right developers, yeah. and we have full-stack full developers. Stack developers. So full right off the bat, and we have IT guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those guys. Uh, so <laughs> we, we... Is that shady, that? No, 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 no. Okay. So we have uh, a full-stack developer that is basically a combination of back-end, back-end and front-end. And front-end. Yeah. What a front-end developer is, is someone who is going to make uh, the... Okay, let me let me explain. Yeah, example. Yeah, the client facing. So, uh, if if you don't know anything about development, when you go on a website, what you see is what we call the front end. How the the you know the things work like how they look. Yeah, how they look. How everything is organized. All that stuff comes down to the front end. Like I'll give an analogy of uh, a sports car, right? Uh, things like the aerodynamics, you know, the, like designing the, color, the body kit, the, you know, the color, color yeah, like, like shape, you know, yeah. you 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 have uh, your wings that are going to stop the car and whatnot. Like that's front end. Uh, aesthetics are a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then your back end is basically dealing with uh, the logic that does like I don't the know, heart, the yeah, like the, the heart of the system. So. Yeah. When you go on Facebook, what determines what you see, because you're the one who's logged in and your photos are stored on a certain, uh, you know, it's stored in a table that is referencing you as a login. So you have access to these photos. All those things, like how you access the photos, like what you can do with those photos, and basically how everything works underneath the hood is the back end. So yeah, I'm a back-end developer, so you probably never see what I work on. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like that guy that does work in the back and no one ever sees you. Yeah, in the yeah. I mean <laughs> like I guess that's why I can dress like this too. I mean shorts, by the disclaimer way. you can't see, but last is in shorts and a t shirt. And, and slippers. And slippers. Yeah. No, I have I have an injury, that's why. <laughs> okay. So now that we've defined it, um 
Wait, did you finish talking about your history? Uh, yeah, so uh, the reason why uh, I gravitated more to backend is because I uh, intrinsically am interested in how things work. And on uh, the last episode, I was talking about how I got into development because I was wondering how games work. Mm. That, that has kind of stuck with me because mm. to this day, yeah, things are going to look pretty on the front end and like it, 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 like it all like comes together when the front end is there. But how the stuff works, man, that's, that's, that's yeah, mm-hmm. that's what gets me. So, uh, like I said, I was lucky enough to kind of be given a choice. Like I was, I think I was asked what my preference is when I was applying for the job, and then I was tested based on that. So I, I think uh, until I. Until I got to this job, I was kind of qualified, uh, classified as a full stack developer because I was working front end as well. And like Kuma said, it's it's, mm. it's kind of a, a career path, right? You go to school and you learn everything. Yeah. So when you start developing, you want to develop everything. You, you're not thinking of specializing or anything like that. Yeah. So when I went to this place, I realized, oh, I can just focus on what I want to focus on. Uh, which is, uh, let's just say I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of CSS, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah CSS, there's a whole conversation around CSS needs to be updated. That's why you have people talking about CSS, CSS in JavaScript, but that's a whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you if you like to know more about it, just search for CSS in JavaScript. <laughs> the whole network is crazy. very crazy, right? Yeah. Um, I guess your story is, a, is similar to mine. Um, for me, I, I, you know, you go to school, they teach you everything, and then you sort of think that as a developer, you're supposed to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. But um, after f- finishing school and then you're thrown into the real world, you discover that actually you're supposed to know everything, but that's not the right way of mm. doing things. This specialization. Um, for me, my interest. I started off as a front end because um, I, I I like UI. I like seeing things work. And, and you like Photoshop. Yeah, I like Photoshop. <laughs> I like Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I I got into mostly when I started doing Android applications. Mostly, my interest was around how the application is looking. Like. Um, I remember in 2014 at uh, Google I.O., they introduced material design and I was like, finally, <laughs> Android looks the way it's supposed to look like. Yeah. So, learned to, um, went through the documentation, learned how to sort of create UIs that looked really nice mm-hmm. and, and, you know, always left that any, any part dealing with the server side of the, the application was, was left to, to a friend of mine. Because we were working on this small failed startup, <laughs> yeah. So eventually, as after finishing school and then getting into the real world, you you discover that um, you needed for a role that requires more logic. So now I was forced to go back uh, to go on the backend side of things, start learning Laravel, mm-hmm. and. Eventually, I, I, I loved, I ended up liking being able to, to write logic, being able to think about processes and, you know, just, you know, whenever you, you write an API and 
you, you try to access it, data comes back to you. For me, that, that, that got me excited. And for two years, I was strictly a backend developer, yeah. developer until mm-hmm. four months ago. So four months ago, I I, I, I got another job um, with a local delivery company called Musanga, and they needed the first thing that they needed to get off was um, the front end side of things, their their website. So that forced me to go and learn CSS, but I didn't actually do the CSS. I I went and learned SAS because SAS was more modular. I, I, I Oh yeah, yeah, I recently did SAS as well. It's pretty amazing. Huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know the fact that you can create variables and it, it, it yeah. feels more object oriented. Yes, mm-hmm. unlike the chaos that is and CSS. 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 Give it up to now. If you give me CSS, I'll be like Jesus Christ, no. Yeah, like yeah, I, I, I you know, get <laughs> the, the trauma right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen that Peter GIF where he's trying to, you know, fix that? Bring down um, blinders. Peter Griffin from uh, Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and that whole gif describes the chaos <laughs> of CSS. You know, you know what Peter Griffin? No, actually, Homer Simpson gif I saw today. I guess yeah. it, it was a meme. Yeah. Of what front end versus back end. Yeah. You know, and I will post the link to this particular meme. Like it was funny. Like yeah. he's facing, actually, he's facing <laughs> March, and yeah. you know, it's so. Ill- his tummy is yeah, gone. Like, yeah, his yeah. dude is his like, he's like, he's you know, he's like, he's fit. <laughs> and then at the back, he's tied his flap. <laughs> and the back is the yeah. front end. Is and the back yeah, end. so it's like front end and back end. Which yeah. I like, I, I'll say, like, kind of accurate. That's <laughs> yeah, an accurate. Like, like right. the chaos that is happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's my story of how I ended up doing both front end and back end. And back end. So you would be uh, classified yeah. as full stack. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you would be. What would you classify yourself? As? Uh, you know, I'm a backend developer. Look, I won't even lie. Like when it comes to the creative side, like mm. you know, I've never been able to draw since I was a kid. That, that, I think that should have been the first sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 you know, I can draw sticks. That's as that's that's as as far as it goes. So well, technically, you can draw lines. That's yeah. the safety. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so like um, from that, um, even like with art, I'm a big fan of abstract art, which mm-hmm. isn't even really organized when you really think about it, uh, yeah. and and it's more like kind of like, yeah. yeah. It's it's something that I've never really been able to do, like arranging graphics on a screen and mm. getting them to look nice. Oh, okay. Like for me, I'm more like like Elias is like I'm interested in how things work under the hood. Yeah. Like even 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 in high school. I like we had this thing once where we like we we it was some in, Independence Day celebrations thing and uh, we were organizing some 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 show or something. Mm. It was supposed to do uh, I forget the song. It's uh, Black Eyed Peas. Mm. It's very uh, Where's the Love? Oh mm-hmm. yes, Where's the Love? Mm-hmm. Like I I was pretty much immersed in making sure it happened, but I wasn't on stage. Mm. So it was one of those things where I enjoyed like pulling the strings so mm. much. Yeah. I wasn't interested in being on stage and taking credit, yeah. for example. Yeah. Which is like when people go to a website and look at it and it's so nice. Yeah. Like it pretty much ends there. Mm. Like people would never really understand what's going on, what, like what, under the like what's on, really yeah. making everything tick. Mm. You go to Google, it's so simple, right? Yeah. Someone types in like a like a like a search request yeah. or whatever. Like you have no idea the hoops 
that server is going through to get you the data to get you the 0.001 yeah. seconds or something like that. I'm not always fast. But you know, lately the lines, the line, the definition of front end has sort of become blurred. Mm-hmm. In that, like when you have frameworks like React, yeah. I've seen people who they can build the entire um, front end side of things mm-hmm. in React and they don't know any CSS. And they say, okay, so if you if you if you if you want to add styling visuals and everything, who does that? And they tell me, oh, I have a person who's 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 good at a UI. Is a is a person who does all the CSS and everything. I do the front end logic side of things. Uh, mm. And you've got a point really. And I guess maybe this this this, this could be like um, a good opportunity to kind of get into also like the entry point. Yeah. If you're if you if you're thinking about getting into like software development or any websites you want to develop like whatever software you want to do. Um, the building blocks first of all, if you're doing front end development for example, mm. is the stuff you're talking about. The SAS, the CSS, the HTML, like the, the building blocks, the foundation of it all before you even get to the JavaScript and the frameworks and React and whatnot. It's really interesting because um, the way like I don't know if you guys have seen the state of web development for Trinity. Like mm. the lines are blurred, like you're saying. When you yeah. look at the stacks, you know, I'm coming from a LAMP stack background, yeah. which is basically um, Alex, uh, Apache, Apache, you know, PHP. And What's MP again? You know what? <laughs> I don't lamp, know. Lamp, 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 lamp. Yes. What's MP? I was gonna say Mongo, but I know that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving, moving along because now it's getting embarrassing. Yeah. Moving along. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> moving along, like um, the. The main stack or the main stack, for example, yeah. like all these funny abbreviations, we put in like links in the background. Yeah. So, uh, you can do everything, like I say. You do your 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 front end stuff. You plug in the. You can even do front end logic that just picks data from somewhere. Yes. But the truth is, it's picking data from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So even though the lines between logic and you know the, the whole back end process, we we have to factor in the whole database issue as well. Mm-hmm. Like back end isn't just about organizing logic and the you know. In, yeah. in, in your application, it's also about making sure your infrastructure works, yeah. your network works, yeah. you know, performance and all that stuff. Like yeah. that stuff still has to be factored in. So what I'm beginning to see is there's a shift, right? Mm. Before there was a clear cut line, like a, like you alluded to, it was a clear cut line. Front end is HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Basira. That's all. Basira, that's yeah. it. Now it's a little more complicated. Mm-hmm. You can do, you can handle some of the performance issues. Uh, from the front-end logic side, and you can actually pick where you want to process your data from. Yeah, so yeah. There's this thing called code splitting. I don't know if you guys have heard about. Please go ahead. You can explain. Yeah. So, code splitting, as I learned from my colleague Olivier, is where your front-end can be structured in a way that the, the application only serves the user uh, code that's needed, instead of giving the user everything at once. Yeah. And that's what happening on the front-end. Yeah. Uh, okay, so it's like uh, lazy loading from yeah. the front end. Yeah, the front end. Okay, yeah. Um, for me, yeah, I agree. The lines are getting blurred, especially considering like, um, like we talked about, like something like a mean stack. That is basically full stack, but you're using JavaScript. Yeah. So if you have knowledge of JavaScript just for the front end, now you can develop things that use you know the back end. Um, I'll say this. Um, for entry for entry points uh when it comes to like a career 
I think it's important to at least understand what's going on in the front end. So don't just go like if you want to be a back end developer, don't just go and like develop or start learning the technologies that are going to like provide your back end because you, you, you need to have at least a base understanding of what it takes to put that stuff on the screen, right? For, yeah. for the client side, right? Mm -hmm. So you have your we talked about HTML, CSS, JavaScript. At the bare minimum, you have to understand how these things kind of fit into, kind of fit into it. Even if you're going to like uh, I, I for example I'm I'm programming in Kotlin, right? But I know what is happening in the front end. I'm yeah. not completely blank. I'm not a full stack developer, but it's it about yeah, front end exactly. it still it still helps to understand how these things work. Yeah. And even though the lines are getting blurred, I think it's 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 it's, it's important even while those lines are getting blurred to understand what's going on mm -hmm. with the whole thing. Sorry. I think in, in in the essence of sort of like cutting um, cutting down the, the, the topic of how become as a full stack, full stack developer. I think the perfect scenario would be you start from the front end. Because I think understanding the front end, what the front end needs to do helps you sort of discover what your back end should, should Yeah, so what you're pushing yeah. to the front end. I guess I have to admit that there's a serious debate about that. I don't know if you guys uh, follow these conversations online. Um, entry points, for example, in terms of building an application. Yeah. Like when you listen to arguments uh, from a front end perspective, so solid. You listen to arguments from a back end perspective, so solid. also solid. Ever heard um, uh, this 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 little issue with designing the front end and then finding out that your back end won't deliver? Yeah, the front <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like expecting animations to be, to be done by a back end server. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I had a question though for Lars. Um, we, we we're talking about front end, back end, and full stack in relation to the web. What about traditional software systems? Um, so I guess it depends on the structure, right? So for example, you can have. Uh, let me talk about like a, a native mobile app, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a native mobile app that. Oh, and a native mobile app just means it's a snap you download from the app store. Yeah, the, the Facebook app, the oh. Twitter app, you yeah. know, so basically, yeah, the app store. Apps. If you have to go to the Play Store or the I, uh, what do you call it? The, the, app, store. the app store. Yeah, it's just that. They took the name already, guys. They okay. So if you have to go to the app store or the Play Store to download this app, then it's a native app. Yeah. So, um, if if your uh, architecture is built in such a way that everything relies on um, your service, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so like uh, you have a REST API that is delivering everything you need. Uh, you can build a native app that is communicating with that, right? You can have versions of uh, the REST API that differ depending on the platform, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's the same thing across the board. It's delivering the same objects, and it just depends on what front end is accessing it uh, and how it's going to deliver that information to the client. Uh, in that case, when you're building from a back end perspective, you don't really care what the front end looks like. Mm -hmm. You're building your endpoints, uh, you serve the data and whatever client wants to access it uh, or whatever client has access to it 
is going to access it. And then there are little things like uh, if you want to save data offline and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's stuff that happens on the native side of the, of, the, of the app. Other apps, you know, you want to build it from the ground up, right, natively. So it's running on your phone. Uh, it might access uh, data that is remote, so served from your server. But take for example, what what application? Problem. So many apps are now using services nowadays. Mm -hmm. But take for example uh, a game on a phone, right? Mm -hmm. Most of that is happening on the phone. Yeah. Okay, it might you know uh, access a server to uh, you know. Get, get that new thing. Yeah. So when you're building something like that, the front end is going to now become still what you're looking at, and there's a bit of logic there, but they're so intrinsically tied that that line that we're talking about being blurred is even more blurred because now you're just building an Android app. And like for like a desk, like we learned Java, right? Yeah. But when we're learning Java, could you tell where the line was? <laughs> no, because I was, I was thinking about that actually when you were talking. Like, yeah. Um, I think the first app we ever built, like in a Java class, was the calculator. And believe me, I can't even tell where the line is. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you, 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 you're building, like you're building. There's almost no separation, right? Yeah. You're building the logic. You have your logic, and then you start going into the GUI, and you're building the GUI. And for you, it's all just one thing. So yeah, I like. I feel especially when you're not dealing with the web that's when the line is the most blurred because when you're building on a target machine like you're building for mac or you're building for windows or you're building for um, android or whatever it is uh you, you you're targeting a system uh as opposed to uh building out an api where you're like okay i just want to make sure that whatever front end wants access to this should be able to access this mm. like, yeah i think the best way to simplify the whole blurriness of everything is, I think for me, it's, it's as long as what you're building will, will mostly be the interaction side of things. Mm -hmm. That's the front end. Mm. So as long as it's as long client as it's, facing. Yeah, client facing, that's the front end. Whether 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 you, you build an app. Still yeah. <laughs> I mean, like whether you build an app, and it's communicating to a backend service, yeah. whether you build a website and it's communicating to your backend service, as long as it's front facing, mm -hmm. then that's the, then that's um, front end. Even as mobile developers, like you find people who say, Oh, I'm, I'm able to build a mobile application, but I don't set up the server side. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can cl classify for me, I, I feel like you can classify that person as a front end developer. Yeah. In as much as there's more intricacies in, 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 in actually spinning up the entire application, yeah. it's still front facing. Yeah. And uh, while, while we're actually on that, um, let's talk about uh, the, the same, you know, uh, Jack of all trades, master of that. Mm. Um, I think, like, in my two and a half years, right, um, developing this right now, I'd say I've been a Jack of all trades. Like you said, I set up the server. I set up the server side of stuff. Um, I basically do my my back end engineering. I do the front end engineering. I never like it, but I still do it. And I you know, <laughs> put every every everything together. CSS. Yeah. And uh, you know, the saying is real. Like you you play with all these things all the time. You play with the you play with different bits and pieces of them. 
and you never quite master any of them really. Mm -hmm. Like that's why it's very difficult for me to classify myself as sometimes as a front end developer, but or even a full stack developer because I feel like the roles switch all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I I can I can even go a step further. I can't say I'm a JavaScript developer. I can't even say I'm a PHP developer mm -hmm. or a Java developer because again it switches all okay, the which time. Programming and do you dream? Guys, I don't even know. <laughs> no, but I, I, I get what like, so like, it's, it's, it's a struggle I've had, genuine yeah. struggle that I've had, like picking something that I want to pursue. Like I'm, I'm playing around with a lot of things right now. Like mm -hmm. pretty much anything that comes up, I'll pick it up and play with it for a little bit. But then, mm -hmm. you know, your work demands are different. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, it's different from when people are still in school or mm -hmm. you have your, you have a lot more time on your hands. Yeah. You can play around with a lot of these other technologies. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing it for a living and the expectations and the deadlines, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, right? Uh, sometimes you get thrust into roles based on your profession and what what like what the people that are paying you are expecting, right? Yeah. And sometimes it pans out, and other times it doesn't, right? Mm. What like you're talking about having difficulties with uh, classification, like like I just said, like I I was probably a full stack developer until uh, I started working at this new place. Uh, with that said, I think the whole uh, uh, specialization thing is not something that's exclusive to software engineering, right? Mm -hmm. Like, whatever you, what, what, whatever profession you're in, like, if if there's a form of specialization that you, we see this all the time in like things like medicine, right? Mm -hmm. A doctor is not going to is 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 not going to be a dentist and a neurosurgeon. Yeah. They specialize, they have that separation so that the one thing that they're supposed to do, they have the time to get really good at doing it. Yeah. Right. So it I, I feel like it's a it's a it, it's almost a through line with professions. You don't expect uh, a corporate lawyer to be uh, it's at, at at the defense of I don't know how law works, but you get my point. Yeah, no, I get my point. What you just said ties into something else that I was really thinking about uh, the last couple of months. You know, the the landscape right now in the country, right in, in Zambia. I, I, I don't know about the, I don't know about Sub-Saharan Africa. I know South Africa is in advanced stage now. Mm -hmm. um, oh, oh, also, you should look at the. Um, the index in terms of highest performing jobs in the region yeah. and even in terms of roles. I think I mentioned something off air about uh, the, the the one-stop destination if you're looking for a high-paying job, for example. Um, so Zambia is number one on that list. Across it's Africa, I'll send, I'll send you a link and I'll put it up in the description. Believe it or not, Zambia was classified by the World Bank is the go-to destination if you're looking to get paid a lot of money. But when you go down into the actual roles, where this money actually is, mm -hmm. you look at in Zambia, it's actually civil engineering. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you talk about IT or software, it's, it's really down that list. But if you go to places like South Africa, it's software engineers that are some of the highest paid in the country. And um, looking at the landscape, right, we are sort of a startup driven kind of economy right now. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if we're not there yet, we're going there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sort of the demands in a startup, I, I don't think they're going to hire front-end engineer specifically they need you to be a full stack engineer for example mm -hmm. so i was just thinking about that when we were talking and i realized uh, right now we're looking to create more full stack developers even though there will be masters of none in the beginning so mm -hmm. we can kind of grow you know your point actually echo my my, my thoughts um, before the last one 
look, like looking at the landscape, our landscape doesn't doesn't really reflect much on the need to have someone who's highly dedicated dedicated to one one aspect one aspect yeah. and because even when, when my other job when they advertised they were looking for full stack developer we're not looking for a front end or back end we're looking for yeah. one person who can do all those things and in a way it's 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 nice but i think it's one of the reasons why you have websites with terrible user experience yeah, right. yeah like because yeah, they're so I've, focused I've, on making everything work yes yeah. i've seen some really really important websites which i cannot mention and yet when you go to them it's like you, you, you one of the worst experiences you can ever have mm-hmm. you literally dread going to the website yeah. because the person who built that maybe his um his main role naturally is someone who just considers a lot and yet you know as a front-end developer you're supposed to also consider the the user experience yeah i, I believe it, it's yeah. very big very big because it's not just about oh the person is, is able to click the button what how does that person feel when, when they're on your website? website? Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? Mm. You know the app I enjoy using the most every single year? Mm. It's the Google I.O. app. Mm. Every single year. Because yeah. there's so much emphasis on user experience with that app. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I can tell you one thing. Shelly, this is a case in point. Shelly, for a lot of Android apps that I made mm-hmm. at the moment. Mm. Like there's little or no attention paid to how someone will interact with that app yes. and so on and so forth and maybe we'll contradict ourselves a little bit here mm. i feel like we need a lot of front-end developer like focus <laughs> like focus maybe it's the functions that shouldn't really work yeah yeah okay so it's, it's <laughs> you don't want the pendulum to swing too far because again uh like you're right I, I feel like you're absolutely right so many people are full stack developers but they're so focused on making sure it works yeah and a lot of it working has to do with the back end yeah right i like like we've I, I feel like we've experienced this way like okay does it do this does it do a b c yeah, d yeah, yeah, yeah. okay stick a logo in the in the corner <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's, yeah like it's it's it's, it's kind of that thing yeah. where like yeah. because you're full stack the most important thing is that it works the way it's supposed to work mm-hmm. and a lot of that comes from the back end yeah, like we've said the line is blurring a little but like people don't focus on like oh when this person clicks this link is it going to take them to a place that they would want to get yeah. am i supposed to click five links to get to the, yes. the place that i'm supposed mm-hmm. to get to you know that kind of thing like people don't really consider that thing and you know you know what's interesting is that in as much as people don't consider that it's those things that actually determine whether someone will come back to your to your service yeah. or not yeah like take for example i i, I was using um a named atm and you you go there it's it gives you all those options and everything and mm-hmm. you're trying to you make a choice right at first the experience tells you i'm uh, i'm touch based mm-hmm. but then as you're trying poking around trying to get your way around it then you suddenly discover that oh at this point touch is not enabled you have to use the keys 
Yeah, I it's, think I know the. I think I know the. Yeah, but yeah, don't you think that's a bit of a security issue as well with ATMs? Okay, here's 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 the thing, right? ATMs is really tricky because they have to be secure. Yeah. That's money. You don't yeah. play with I'm not gonna put a keyboard on the screen. Yeah. No, like that's 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 people. That's, that's, no, that's no, people. Yeah. Yeah. It was like you know simple selection. Like just yeah, simple, simple selection. Okay. Yeah. So you see, it's it's those tiny things. Also, you know, there's so many examples of where you really like. I wish I could name the site so that maybe the people behind that site could. But I yeah, you, no, might, tell you, you, might, you might name a website I've got, please. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got terrible websites, I can't even lie. I think when I look look at some of the code I've written, and we spoke about this, okay, like I look at some of the code I've written, I'm ashamed. Yeah. And it's okay to be ashamed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's growth, right? Yeah, and you know, in just what he said is what I was about to mention. Uh, feedback. Feedback is really important. There's two things that I see that don't happen, especially with, in terms of quality, for example. Yeah. Um, no one's going to know that the not doing their job from a front-end perspective. Mm. If we don't, as as people that are interacting with the thing, we don't tell them that we don't like this. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, that's very interesting. Because uh, I'm trying to develop this thing where I leave reviews, especially in the Play Store or like for products and stuff like that. Yeah. Like where you mention what you don't like or what you like, so they can mm. so they can actually fix it or work on it or something. Mm. That's really important. Feedback from the team. Mm. Uh, I think you should take your chances uh, at emailing them. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 While okay. I was saying that, yeah, you came out and you're like, no. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's stuff like that. And for anyone that wants to get into this sort of thing, um, I feel like it's really, 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 really important to play around a little bit, like with everything, like you guys said, play around with everything for a little bit, and then find what you enjoy. Mm-hmm. We do this thing, hash code every year, right? Which is coming up in February as well. You know, that's the most back end focused um, event ever. Yeah. Like, hash code is a, it's a competition that Google runs. So, most of the challenges are mostly uh, data structures and algorithm centered. Mm. So, if you have no idea what <laughs> algorithms are or data structures, you're not going to do anything in this competition. Yeah. And if you really enjoy doing algorithms and this sort of thing, you find you really flourish. And it's, it comes really naturally to you. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that point where you find something that you really enjoy and you flourish at, mm-hmm. as much as possible, focus on it and grow. Uh, we talked about tools earlier. Like, for example, if you use Atom or you use Visual, Visual Studio Code, if you use it all the time, you get good at it. Yeah. It's the same principle that applies, I guess. Yeah, like the, the you get the more you do something, the better at it you get. It's, it's basically an experience thing, as as is. But that won't happen with Jacobo trades. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing, because you keep jumping from this joint to this joint to this joint to this joint, and then. Um, for me, like for if, if for those that are listening that are sort of new to this, thing, yeah. I think a, a project-oriented approach, if you want to sort of learn. The intricacies of everything and find your your space. Think of a small project, mm-hmm. and then start working on it. As gradually as you you go uh, on that project, you discover that oh, at first you created the maybe the home page, mm-hmm. and the home page only had uh, text and everything. Mm-hmm. Then you say okay, I want the login. Then that will force you to going to the back end side of things and mm-hmm. then start tapping into things like PHP, mm-hmm. um, Node for, for those that are interested in JavaScript. 
and eventually once you discover you discover that okay i think i think i flow really well in building backends as opposed to ui and hope that you you go and you join a team that, that has you that opportunity yeah, yeah. Uh, for me at work um I'm, I'm, we're fortunate to have Francis, who's like a really good front-end guy. So anything cosmetics, anything that is relating to how the client is supposed to interact with the software, that's our guy. Shout so, out Francis. Shout out Francis. <laughs> so that makes it easy for me to focus on, okay, how do you, how are we going to deploy this application? What's the backend? What's needed and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm. And make, making sure that everything works. Yeah. So the ideal scenario is is where you have um, team members that can do its specific uh, part of the software. Yeah. But that's not the ideal scenario. That never usually uh, happens in your industry. Yeah, unfortunately. Or in, in our context. Yeah. Yeah. But it will get better, guys. Like, I feel like, I keep saying this, right? Software, like people like say that uh, software engineering in this country is where people want it to be, but I feel it's in a better place than it's ever been, yeah. and it's only getting better, right? So, if you're thinking about getting into software engineering, now is as good a time as any. Okay, so and like the tips that we've given, I think will really help you decide mm. what you want to specialize in, if at all you want to specialize. And also, one of the things um, I always try to say this to people that come to me and say, okay, um, the jobs, since most of the software in, in our country is outsourced and everything, do you think uh, there's enough opportunity for, 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 for more developers? And I, and I always tell them, I think we shouldn't always just limit ourselves to the, the, our current environment. I mean, with the, with the internet, mm -hmm. there's stuff like remote working. I've, I've had, I have so many friends who, who tell you, who tell me, oh, I'm working remote. You're like, okay, so this is now normal, eh? Yeah. Like, it's so normal, you actually have friends who are doing that. Yeah. So, you can become a good front-end developer and work remotely for a company that really knows what it wants from, from its employees or from its tech team. You can become a, a back-end developer for another company just like that. So I think it's just making sure you find your space. And, and you stick to your space, basically. Yeah. 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 You know, um, one interesting statistic that I, I looked at earlier was um, we talked about how duties are there and all that sort of thing. Right now, uh, across the entire globe, right, we only have about seven percent uh, female representation in like the software space. Whether it's front-end development, whether it's post-stack, whether it's back-end, and the other ninety-two percent is largely dominated. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Yeah, I guess it shows. Yeah, the whole male point there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, it's very interesting. Um, I think for me, uh, one of the things that I learned, uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to continuously like strive to do is to keep an open mind in terms of uh, learning as well, yeah. because that never really stops. Yeah, never. 
and then never really getting side, 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 <laughs> sidetracked. Like yeah. you hear a new framework or yeah. you jump into the framework, you hear it jump into that framework as well and next yeah. thing you're lost in like this wilderness of tools and frameworks and stuff like that. Yeah. That's, that's a very good point. Like that's like, I think like we've all been there, right? You just want to touch everything and <laughs> you end up like learning very little of everything. Mm. Yeah, at that point is also really important. Um, I think I've, I've also been in, I've been, I've been there, been there where you, at some point you used to classify yourself as an under, strictly an under yeah. developer. And, and the next like, thing, oh, look, they came out this. Yes, we check that out. Check that out. <laughs> ne- next thing you're jumping into uh, web development, and yeah. you know, when you get into web development, especially JavaScript, it's like a whole mess. Yeah, it's like a whole Hey, did you guys see that state of uh, JavaScript. the JavaScript? <laughs> that, that guy, I, I need to find this article put in the, in the description. Like, it was a whole rant, really, about oh, JavaScript. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, no, I didn't I, see it. No, it's, it's, he went off about how you start this framework, and all of a sudden something new comes out, and you're jumping yes. out, the web is just a mess. I think there's also another version where <laughs> this guy who hasn't been uh, who hasn't been doing uh, web development in, for almost ten years. The last time, uh, at the time of the article, it was 2017, and then he goes to this friend and asks him, "Okay, so I want to get data from a database, and then get my app to render that that data." So this guy goes like, oh, "Okay, uh, you can use React." The guy asks, what, what's React? Next thing, it's like a whole yeah. wormhole. <laughs> you know, like, you can use React, but React doesn't do this. You can use like Vue.js. Yes, I read that article yeah. as well. <laughs> I read that article as well. So, um, it, it's just a matter of finding your space. Um, personally, I've, I've, I've just settled for JavaScript. Whatever is going, even, even within JavaScript, whatever You have your own battles you're fighting. Huh? Yes. Yeah. Within JavaScript, I'll just stick to uh, Express.js for the back end and React for the front end. That's all. Okay. Yeah, I guess you find your niche, you stick to it. Um, but not before you play around. It's very important to play around, see yeah. what you like. I think that's to build a small project if you need to. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a version control system, please look it up, mm. find out what it is, and uh, use it to help you and stuff like that. Mm. Um, uh, one of the things I actually want to talk about was how easy it is, uh, how the, the bar is getting lower. I don't know if you guys have heard, um, I, I don't know what his name is, but GitHub CEO has been talking a lot lately about how actually writing code is kind of phasing out, or entering this phase uh, yeah, of, that. Of, of local development, drag and drop, uh, yeah. we can build logic, and stuff like that. I see. I think we see it with stencil as well. Yeah, stencil, scratch, scratch you know, as well. Yeah. You can you can build logic without actually writing code. You understand the bare concept. How, how, pretty much. There's nothing complicated about programming when you really like look down. Oh, yeah, down to really look yeah. down yeah. like at the bare minimum. There's nothing complicated. It's just how how you want things to work. Mm-hmm. It's like math. You know, in math. There's a particular way to you do this. Like many physics as well. Same thing. You you're building something. Building that thing is up to you. How you want to put all the blocks, yeah. in. like Legos. I think Legos are the best yeah. example. Yeah. It's like using Legos and stuff have like seen, that. Have you seen how crazy it is now to deploy um, a server with serverless technology? I actually haven't looked into that yet. I haven't looked oh, into microservices I, and serverless. Yeah. Um, I mean, looked at it as well, uh, as well. But I, I was having a conversation with a friend, and he, he's he's telling me, well, 
It's just basically functions. Like you, mm. I, I'm sure you've experimented with Firebase. Yeah. Like you've seen how easy it is with Firebase, where the, 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 you don't even think about where your your, your so-called server is. Yeah. It's just okay. Load this this token into your your uh, your client side. Do you want you do you want to make any additions to the database? Mm -hmm. Okay, do this, do that. Call this function. And next thing, and next thing you know, you have you have yeah, a yeah. yeah, with chat messaging application. Like, yeah. But I didn't even do anything on the back end. Uh, for serverless, actually, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll recommend going to uh, is it Udemy. No, there's a lot of free uh, courses on AWS. Mm -hmm. yeah, okay. So just go check that out. So draw this notes if you want to look into that. Check that out uh, just so that you understand the integrity of uh, what, what they call serverless. I think now there's even like hybrid, sort of. Dude, uh, <laughs> I'm not getting into in my niche. I'm not getting into niche. All that stuff. To be honest, this has been quite an emotional podcast for me because of how hard it touches home. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, um, I, I think I'm going to get a lot of slack for saying that. For me, uh, I feel like the biggest hindrance to growth has been um, the the fact that you don't really have access to the kind of information we have now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even the willingness to not have access to this. Mm -hmm. I think we give examples of how you might be a lone developer, for example, yeah. busy practicing, but yeah, but, yeah, but that's code, actually yeah, that's actually really basic <laughs> and you're comfortable and you're you okay think you're that. learning, you think yeah. you're getting better. You think you're improving, like in your <laughs> yes. space. In your space, you're like that guy, yeah, yes. and stuff like that. That's that's one of the things yeah. that. Um, but but I think I think at this level, um, at least we're fortunate to uh, be in, a, in, a, in to have been in a time where there's so many communities around where you now get to find people who like. Yeah, do who can stuff, help you with what you want to learn. Yeah, true. But I'll say this: uh, when you're getting into software engineering, uh, and I actually started learning this pretty recently. By the way, what's the difference between software engineering and development? Same thing. Oh no, no, there's no, 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 difference. And um, I, 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 I read about this a lot last year actually. Um, I was actually when I went looking for this, I was actually looking for the the classifications like where the boundaries lie when we talk about information technology, computer science. Then we get into software engineering, and then we get into software development. And even in development, there's software development and web development. Yeah. So there's uh there's, there's the three big ones, right? Yeah, there's, there's the three a big ones. Programmer, a software developer, and a software engineer. software engineer. So an engineer is processes. Yeah. Processes and tools. Yeah. You may not even write code. Yeah. That's basically an engineer, and that's what I was going to get into, right? Yeah, I'm learning now that the 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 you know it's easy to go in and say okay, I'm just gonna code and I'm gonna do my thing. Yeah. And go. But like, it's really important to understand the processes and like the standards that you want to keep, right? Yes. Like, it's it's really easy to go in and say I'm just going to code, mm. but you go in with no plan. Yeah, and you start realizing okay. Maybe I shouldn't have done this like oh, this. I shouldn't have used this. Database. I shouldn't have used this database. I shouldn't have done that. And because you didn't want to go through the process, yeah. uh, you end up with this huge amount of time you spent doing work that you probably not even yeah. to use. And and I know all three of us have been like through school, like yeah. uh, to learn these processes and these tools and yeah. whatnot. And for the people that haven't, 
I think it's very, very important not to settle into the the guru and the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned this on my own and mm-hmm. I've, I've done this. I can like, do anything. I like. can do anything. The truth is, you still need to read, you still need to talk to other people, yeah. you still need to. At the end of the day, what's driving everything? And this is actually just computer science, the performance, the, the everything, what's making everything possible and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We don't practice computer science. Yeah. Also, also, just touching on uh, the difference of between a software developer and a software engineer. I also read the same things as you, in that like the, the engineer will look at everything, like the whole workflow. The whole workflow. Why we're using this? What What are the performance benefits? Yeah. How can we ensure that the, this application is so secure using all these technologies, these, and, yeah. technologies yeah. and stuff? For a developer, you literally, I'd say, the engineer. If, if you if you use the a house analogy, the engineer will be the guy who, who designs the entire blueprint and, mm-hmm. and everything, and then the, the, the developer is the take blueprint. the blue uh, the blueprint, yeah, and then just like <laughs> yeah, actually, like, yeah, puts stack. the building blocks and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. And yeah, like that's I, I think that's actually a really good analogy, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you have the engineer that is going to like design everything and know, okay, this is how everything is going to go. The developer comes and like puts the building blocks, but even in engineering mm-hmm. uh, there's uh, specialization, yeah, specialization. Yes. so in software engineering we have software quality quality, engineer, quality yeah. assurance yeah. requirements engineering yeah like, like it's even yes. even yeah. there there's specialization yes. which I know in in the Zambian context is, one of the yeah, yeah, yeah it's not really something that you know companies focus on but mm-hmm. you, you have to keep that in mind that even even in being a back-end developer I could specialize more. Yeah. And that's the goal. Like, look, we're talking about, I think in the last episode, uh, I remember we talked about how um, we're, when we're not in a particular landscape, right? Mm-hmm. But we know we're going to get there at some point. Yeah. And I feel like that's what that's what we should always keep in mind, like the end goal. You're not going to be a full stack developer for the rest of your life. Yeah. At some point, the environment will necessitate that you, you graduate, yeah. Yeah, you, you shift to a more focused approach. Yeah. Um, I think the best example is we've seen technologies die out, right? Legacy systems, uh, the people that are still using maybe Haskell or like systems and stuff like that. So <laughs> the, right now there's a need for someone that understands that technology. Yeah. So you don't have to jump on every new wave. At some point, if WordPress ever died out, you would, or PHP, uh, go for it, ever died out. People that die out, Facebook is built in. <laughs> anyway, so like if those sectors ever died out, you still need those engineers to maintain those systems for as long as they mm-hmm. haven't changed. Like there's a lot of stuff, and we could go for hours and hours and hours talking about all this sort of stuff. Um, I, I hope we can have more conversations around this because we should talk about pay, for example. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's lots of other stuff. Like Elias just mentioned uh, that there are different aspects of engineering, mm-hmm. software engineering, and it's important we talk about that as well, so yeah. people know. Like yeah, you're not confined to like one area, yeah, yeah. and there's certain aspects of it that don't even need you to know how to code, which is yeah. actually very yeah. important because yeah. that's what scares people off about a lot of this stuff. That's a people-oriented yeah. approach, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, uh, if you're looking for more information, we're podcast Zambia on Twitter. We are podcast Zambia on Facebook or on Instagram. Now we're podcast Zambia. Um, yes, we are double tap. Double tap. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, so give us feedback on the show, on anything. 
we'll, we'll really love to know what you guys are up to. Uh, please tweet, tweet us with whatever stack you're using and whatever classification you are, you're front-end developer, you're back-end, tell us what tools you're using. We want to know that too and uh, we'll get chatting. Uh, so that's sour underscore bones on Twitter for me. Uh, so here's my Twitter handle again. Oh God. <laughs> J-O-R underscore E-L-I three six zero. You know what? You need a tweet. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> like tweet, tweet, tweet at podcast for suggestions on what my Twitter, uh, yeah, Twitter handle should be. And I, I promise if I find a good one, I will change it. Okay. Uh, for me, my Twitter handle is Mbuyu underscore. Uh, that's M-B-U-Y-U underscore. Okay, it's been real. You've been listening to podcasts. Uh, my name is Mukuma. Um, it's Mbuyu and last in the studio today. It's been amazing. Uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Uh, please don't forget to share the podcast. Uh, give us feedback. Uh, listen in. Would love to know what you're doing. Like I said before, and so yeah, that's it. See you on the next podcast. That's what they say, right? Or is it listening to the next podcast? Whatever. We'll, we'll sense you. Yeah, we'll sense you guys <laughs> later. Bye. Wow. Podcast. Wow. <laughs>